It's Thursday again, tell everybody to lock in Grab some popcorn, a drink, and go and throw your airpods in It's a one-hour show, constantly speaking facts Bulletproof stats are always shooting from Matt And when it comes to Kyle, you getting numbers and style Jake is gonna educate you, he has that knowledge on fire Player, step your game up, don't be sluggish or lazy Or Jimmy J might hit you with a shaky baby Catch him on YouTube or any podcast platform Breaking all the news down like Shaq does the backboards No hot takes, this is where the hottest debate's at Now kick your feet up, cause it's time for Straight Facts What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Straight Facts, a sports show that educates and entertains, as always, brought to you by the Up On Game Presents Podcast Network. It's a half a roster today. It's just myself and my guy, Jake Galley, across from our screen. We're at the home lab today because what people don't realize is sports shows and sports podcasts, especially ours, are predicated on what's actually going on in the real sports world. And I know that all anybody saw this past week in the NBA was a very mediocre, and I mean mid, All-Star weekend, except for the All-Star game. So, Jake, it presented a light week for us and straight facts, so we got a light episode for the people today. A good one, but a light one, right? What what people don't realize is, like, when there are weeks like this, they get to just forget about, like you said, it's just like, nah, it's just not a good week for us. It's like, all right, so are we talking about Aaron Rodgers cleansing his colon <laughs> and apologizing to everyone he's ever met? Are we talking about that? Yeah, all right. And, and you know, I like to take kind of inspiration in the landscape from the professionals. And we're professionals, but the national professionals, right? And when I turn on ESPN and Fox Sports and they're debating who's the GOAT, LeBron versus MJ, then I know, ah, <laughs> we we as a people don't have much to talk about, huh, do we? <laughs> we scary don't. hours. So we're going to use this opportunity as we do to have another fun Straight Facts episode. And we're going to bring back a goodie from last year because people love this one. We're going to go in to the Straight Facts NBA Awards. So last episode, we broke down five things that everyone needed to know about the first half of the NBA. And today, we're going to bring that in kind of a culmination to just present some midseason awards, highlight some of the good, some of the bad, and of course, all of the ugly. So we're going to get right into this thing, man. Um, And the first one we're going to do, we originally named it the Ain't Worth It Award. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change the name to the Straight Facts ISS Award. Jake, you know what ISS mm-hmm. was in high school, yes. in, in school suspension. You got sent to ISS in high school for everything else but your grades, right? You got sent for your behavior. In our high school, you get sent if you got too many late, you know, too many tardies. You know, you get sent to ISS if you forgot a book. So I don't know if you got sent to ISS much. You're pretty good in high to, school. I, I was trying to think, but I was like, the talker, like I would always be the rest of my class clowns. Yeah. Every, every teacher. I don't know if I ever got sent to ISS though. It didn't go down. We were good. I'll tell you, for those of you who don't know, Jake and I went to the same high school, been best friends for a long time. We had a lot of the same classes and we were both good at towing this line, right? Like I'm going to make people laugh, but as soon as I get sense about to get in trouble, we go sit down and we go start taking notes. Right. So (laughs) gotta push the boundary, never go across it though. That's why, we, that's why we were so beloved. So this one, these players went above and beyond and got sent to ISS. So this is the Ain't Worth the Trouble slash ISS award. Jake, who's an ISS for you? Yeah, my answer is the NBA's freest free agent, uh, mm. Enos Freedom. Enos Cantor, formerly known as Enos Cantor. Uh, he has been kind of picked up as like this 
now that he isn't really, he's a part-time NBA player now. So he's mm-hmm. been on uh, some more conservative programming, kind of being like uh, one of the talking heads against, obviously he's from Turkey. So, I mean, he fights for things, but I, I just got to, like, if I'm his teammate, and this is where it comes down to the ISS ain't worth the trouble. I'm his teammate. We are going up against the Sixers, right? I'm on the Celtics. We're going up against the Sixers. Big matchup. I look over, and this man, Enos Cantor, is drafting up a hit piece on LeBron James's involvement <laughs> in Nike's shoe development. Like, that's, yeah. you know what? You know what, dude? That's great <laughs> that you have an opinion on that. You have to go guard Joel Embiid. What are you doing? Like, come on. <laughs> And that's true because that comes from a lot of players of like, like, hey, if you have something that you feel is more important than the NBA, then go do that. Go do that. If you want to write opinion pieces on CNN news about what LeBron was, you know, I no one's going to silence your voice. That's part of coming to America. That's part of the reason probably why he loves being in America is because his voice isn't silenced like that. He can say it. But we, we, you're at work. <laughs> exactly you're at work exactly you're at, you're at work i can't go to work and write opinion pieces for a blog can you jake <laughs> like it's, it's not worth it yeah no that and, and honestly in the whole scheme of things in terms of like the high level of drama he's really not he's more mild he's not a Kyrie or i don't know mm. james harden where they're going to once a year you have something that's like our entire organization has to be focused on this but He's still, it's just a lingering, lingering a, ain't worth the trouble. And, and that's why we have to specify is ain't worth the trouble because there are guys in the NBA, obviously, who have higher level drama. We're not trying to put Edith's freedom in that level. But when you talk about the Kyrie Irvings and the Ben Simmons and the James Harden, I'm sorry, Enos Freena, you are not that. So you right, are, you are right. not worth the, the circus, the head spin, the, all the attention that I got to give. You're not worth it. So what happens? You get cut by the Celtics. They get waved by the Blazers. And then that's, that's you know, the cycle you're in. So I, I, I kind of get it. He might not be worth it. For me, I'm more towards the ISS way. Um, and, and this guy, a lot of teams have put him in ISS. And it hasn't been good. And that's Kemba Walker. Um, we can track this back. He's been on four teams now in two years. We can track this back to the max contract he received from Michael Jordan. Now, he is Two players to receive a big contract from Michael Jordan, a guy who obviously does not like to give money out. And he gave it to Kemba. And Kemba had his all-star season with the Hornets. And then the drama began that offseason where he said he didn't want to know. He didn't know if he wanted to stay in Charlotte. This is the place he could build. He's starting to see them go on to Terry Rozier and others. So he gets traded to the Celtics, right? The Celtics make this big blockbuster trade for him. And then... It's starting to see that Kemba is disengaged. He's disinterested. The team is some, you know, somehow better without him on the floor. By the way, he still has $40 million attached to his name. So the Celtics move on from him. We're going to send him to OKC, send him to the wasteland. OKC does what they do. They buy him out, and now he's a free agent. So he goes to the Knicks. And it's like, yo, that's a great atmosphere for him. An up-and-coming team, an exciting team. Tom Thibodeau is a good coach. He's going to go and flourish there, right? And then what happens? Like him and Tom Thibodeau have this little bickering relationship the entire time. And this is why I say it's ISS, because with Kemba, it's everything outside of basketball. When that man hits the floor, he's played like in like three games for the Knicks, yeah. it feels like this year. And they're all 30-point games. And they're all like these barometer games. And then he'll just go back the next week. And then him and the Knicks will agree that 
I don't want you to play. I don't want to play for you guys. So it's we're just going to sit me for the year. It's weird. To me, when you have that contract attached to you, you're not worth all of that. You're not. So I, I will defend MJ a little bit in saying like, he, he, like you're Charlotte. At that point, there is no LaMelo Kimba ball. Kimba was the biggest there, ticket. Yeah, yeah. He he's, was the biggest he's by far the biggest draw. And it's kind of like the same position that Portland was in with Damian Lillard, except I don't think Kemba Walker is Damian Lillard. So. Uh, you know, it, it, it's been a little bit of a tough road. You mentioned the other places that he's went to. I kind of thought it would wor work out here in New York, but clearly him and Tibbs, like it, it's it's bigger than basketball. It's beyond mm -hmm. basketball. So, yeah, unfortunate it's, for Kemba because I, I like him as a player. It's a little roller coaster ride he's in with the Knicks too, right? Because he gets there, you know, he's supposed to be start of, you know, part of this new revamp starting five with him and Evan Fournier, um, and then he goes out of the lineup. And then he just, you know, kind of saying he's not going to play. Then, you know, Tom Tibbo says he's out of the rotation. Then magically he comes back. Like in the middle of the night, he's like, oh, Kemba's playing again. And then he drops like back-to-back -back, like 30-point games. And one of them is a, a big-time win against the Celtics. And so you're like, okay, whatever, you know, everything is solved. They can't sit him again. But now it's just, again, it's just, hey, I'm going to sit because I don't want to play. And Tibbs is like, cool, because I kind of don't want you to be here. So <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Such a two. So it's, it's just weird. So. That was the ISS slash Ain't Worth the Trouble Award. We're going to move on to the next one. The next one, we did this last year, too. This is really good. The Don't Forget About Me Award. A lot of players in the NBA who've sidelined, just been absent weird for random reasons. We're here to tell you, hey, don't forget about this player, man. So, Jake, who, who you got to remind people about? Uh, I think, I guess it was maybe two years ago when people were calling Kawhi Leonard the best <laughs> player in the league. Was it two? Stop was it. it just two years ago? Or was it more just, than two just, years ago? Just, uh, beginning of the LA stint. After right. the Raptors stint, beginning of the LA stint, yeah. Like, he was lauded as this LeBron, KD, Steph Curry, like the best of the best. And I feel like this injury uh, sustained an ACL injury that he's now coming to the end of. Like, you add him back to a Clippers team that even without Paul George has remained somewhat competitive. I think they sit right now sixth in sixth, the Western right. Conference. Mm -hmm. You add him to that team uh, that is already gelled. I think he has potential to take them into like the top four seat. Now, in terms of quality of team, he's coming back probably March at the soonest this upcoming month or April when the playoffs uh, get underway, like halfway through April. So, Timing is really going to be everything with him. I'm not sure. They're, they're, it's, it's been mums the word. <laughs> no one knows what's going on with Kawhi. But if he is to come back, he's the number one guy in the NBA, in my opinion, that you point to and say, he's someone who's not playing who could change the NBA landscape the most. And I agree with you for the point that you're making. If and when Kawhi comes back, he makes the Clippers exponentially better. If he comes back at his best, we know he's a top five, top six talent in the league. If he comes back, like, the whole point of this award is to don't forget about me. If I'm the Clippers, forget about Kawhi. I've been forgot about Kawhi. Like, you know I don't have the, the greatest view of Kawhi Leonard because he is such a superstar in this league. And when you become so detached from a team, like, to me, you're just doing that team such a disservice and such a disjustice. Like, he's been, to me, the most unreliable superstar in the NBA for a long time because if he doesn't want to be there, he's not going to fight through whatever X, Y, and Z it is to try to remain with the team. Look at the timetable you're talking about, Jake. April? April? Yeah. For, for a Late. team that's fighting, for fighting to get in the playoffs. And I'm sorry, you watch any Clippers game on TV and they go to the sideline. Is Kawhi there? 
I don't think so. No, he's if if they're at Staples, he's up in a box. He's not right. even on the sideline with his team. Like he do, he don't care about anything that's not Kawhi Leonard. So to me, if if you all forget about me, I would forget about you, man. I'm not I'm not I'm not there with Kawhi Leonard. Man. Yeah, fair enough. You know, um. So for my don't forget about me. How about a guy who was electrifying before an injury had his team along with Jokic in a Western Conference final spot? in the bubble. And that's Jamal Murray. I mean, you want to talk about a dude who, you know, has, has been pushed back because of his ACL injury. Can't seem to get his rehab right. But we all know that when Jamal Murray is healthy and with the Nuggets, this Nuggets team is, is, is on a different level. And it's just, it's really ashamed because I think the reason we're starting to forget about Jamal Murray so much is because Jokic since his injury has blossomed into such like a great talent and MVP may go for two time this year and that's coincidentally been without Jamal Murray and yes while that makes you know the floor kind of more space and the ball have to stay in Jokic's hands all the time makes him more of an MVP candidate I'm sure Jokic would trade the MVP nods for a two seed a three seed in the west and another shot at that western conference and NBA you know finals appearance and Jamal Murray gives you that that's the that's the one-two punch the two to the one-two punch that the Nuggets are missing yeah, he's he's as you said very clearly. Uh, one of the I would say you could maybe make the argument aside from like the best of the best uh, big twos. So mm-hmm. beating Harden aside, LeBron and um, AD, LeBron AD, and AD so- aside, maybe even KD and Kyrie aside. Like beyond that, you're talking about them. I you're Jason Tatum. About them. Yeah, they're like Jason Tatum, like right above Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown level. That puts them like right there. Yeah, he he really could put them over the top. He needs to be consistent though, Jamal Murray, mm-hmm. because he um he does have that top end forty a night. You know, can blow up a, a, and win a game for you, but he he'll also have those off shooting nights in big games, which we've seen. So definitely a model of consistency. Yeah, don't forget about him though, because unlike Kawhi, there's no timetable for Jamal Murray. They can't get this thing right, and so hopefully we see him by the end of this year. But there's there's just no guarantees to it. So hopefully he gets back. All right. We're coming down to the last two awards right now. Another great one. Everyone loves this one. The Fool's Gold Award. And usually we take this opportunity to kind of bash Russell Westbrook and Rudy Gobert. We're not going to do that this year. We've We've already done done that. that. We've done that (laughs) enough. And I'm sure we'll find some other way to do it before the season is over. Don't you guys worry. So, but for this one, Jake, you have an interesting one. So go ahead. Who's your Fool's Gold? My Fool's Gold currently would be... uh... Setting the NBA all-time record in PER uh, mm-hmm. for a year, that being the big, fat European version <laughs> of 2018-19 Russell Westbrook, Nikola Jokic, our guy. Why is he? Why is he fat though? Why is he? <laughs> he was fat one time in the NBA. He, there was one picture that caught him in a bad light, and it's done forever <laughs> in my book. <laughs> You're now you can't. You could be one percent body fat, but. I think that we're seeing a lot of the same things that led to Russell Westbrook being like a, um, I don't know if you want to call it like illegitimate MVP. Russell Westbrook probably back in those days when he's averaging the triple double and the team's like a six seed, probably one of the top two, three players, I guess. But like my thing with Jokic, and he's a great player. I'm not trying to say he's not a great player in the playoff. He holds up. He's a great player. I just don't think he should be the MVP this year based off of, you know, people pulling out. He has eight assists a game. He has 14 rebounds a game. He's only doing that because there's no one else to do it on the team, which, yes, mm-hmm. is impressive. 
but like they're the sixth seed. It'll yeah. the stat muse will post a, a, a stat line of 25 points, 20 rebounds, 17 assists. They won by one in overtime against the Clippers. Pistons, yeah. <laughs> like, what are we talking about? Of course. Yeah. yeah. Like he's a great player. There's a ton of opportunity for him to do what he needs to do because he doesn't have teammates with him right now. And if he did, they'd be better. And he would probably have, a, in my opinion, a stronger case for MVP. But mm-hmm. um, that award right now, in my opinion, is uh, unbiased is Joel's to lose, Joel Embiid's to lose. Jokic, Steph Curry, still very live. Yeah, uh, I was going to say before you went into your points, this has to be unbiased, right? Because there's no reason you, you'd want to st- bring Jokic down a peg, right? There's no, there's no, could be, could be no other player that you want to take that spot. No, absolutely not. Uh, but I, I do very much agree with you in that sense, because if Jokic is going to get this MVP nods for putting these numbers up with his team still being, a, you know, a five, six, seven seed, Luka Doncic should be MVP. If, if, if Jokic gets that, Luka Doncic should be right there with him, if not more than him. Now, cool with the PER, cool with the assists as a center. He's not doing what Luka's doing. He's still not doing what Luka's doing. But Luka gets punished for his team seed, and Jokic doesn't. I've noticed that over the past couple of years, and it makes me mad. Because I think when they had Jamal Murray, like like Jokic was doing this with Jamal Murray on the floor, still getting his MVP nod. With, with, if that time, if the Nuggets lost Jokic and the Mavs lost Luka, oh. Like the the Nuggets could keep something afloat. Mavs the are Mavs, picking another oh, Luca. Oh, I'm picking another Luca. <laughs> I'm picking another Luca. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So that that's all I want to say is if we're gonna give Jokic this nod, put Luca up there. And since yep. he's not, I agree. Fool's gold. My fool's gold, man, is the thing. Is the reason we're sitting here for a light episode. To be honest, is the reason that we haven't had an NBA game in the past week, and that is this mid mediocre tier. NBA All-Star Weekend that they keep forcing down our gullets every year and trying to tell us that it's good, man. Like, I, 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 I think this was the last year that you could, the Pro Bowl, uh, uh, MLB All-Star, NBA All-Star, this was the last year you fooled us. This was the last year you gave us subpar content in the All-Star Weekend, and we watched it and accepted it. I really do, because it's, it, it's done. And there are a lot of things that, that kind of point to it. I don't have to go... And being a dead horse about, you know, Cole Anthony dunking him Tims in the All-Star Weekend and Jalen Green, you know, not being able to put a dunk down in five minutes. But it's, it's also everything else that culminates with it. I'm sorry. Did I see Grant Williams in a three-point contest? <laughs> uh, I, believe, I believe you mean top three in the NBA in three-point percentage, Grant Williams. And, and this, this is part of the fool's goal, right? Top three in three-point percentage this year. Here we go. P.J. Tucker, uh, Luke, Luke Kennard. And Grant Williams. Luke Kennard's the only one that can right. stay in there. Luke Kennard's the only one that he, he's a flamethrower. Get P.J. Tucker and Grant Williams out of my face, please. Please. The craziest thing is I'm like, oh, like, he, he's shooting 40. P.J. Tucker's shooting 42% from three. Must be on, like, half a three per game. I look, three threes he attempts per game. He's making 40%. What world yeah. do we live in where he is knocking down 40%? Maybe, maybe we should bet the Heat to win the championship if he's shooting 40%. Fools gold like that like go ahead and put your stock in pj tucker as a three-point shooter i dare you i dare you go ahead and put your <laughs> stock in there okay you're gonna be broke by the end of the week <laughs> you're gonna be broke by the end of the week but i mean it, it all kind of goes in to this to this all-star weekend because i'm sorry man i'm, I'm a i'm a fan of basketball and the evolution of it i don't want to see grant williams in a three-point contest and i don't want to see cat win it up to kill me in the comments i don't care whatever whatever you want to say Steph Curry. 
Clay Thompson, Trey Young, Damian Lillard, Seth Curry. Those are the people I want to see in a three-point contest, right? Not not Cat and Grant Williams, and and I don't even know who else was in there because I didn't watch it. But like, you know, Trey Young didn't take home the award, so that that's you know that's 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 all I need to see from this. Like, it's a it's a mid-tier All-Star weekend, and then I have a little gripe. I do have I have a tiff. Can I make a tiff? <laughs> tiff tiff off, I'm gonna, bro. I'm gonna tiff. Because they started the the all-star game, right? What, 8 30, 9 o'clock is when mm-hmm, it tipped mm-hmm. off. And they knew that they had 75 names and accolades to announce at halftime, correct? And little intros for all the positions. They had a guard <laughs> intro, a forward intro, a center intro. It's all with all these different celebrities, right? That Jake, that took almost 45 to 50 minutes to do. We're on the East Coast. So halftime starts at about 9:30. And it's 10, 15, 10, 30. I'm half awake. And, and we, I got George, Ger- I love, love him. I got George like, Gervin and Al Greer walking yeah. in. The- I love him. But can, can we, if you're going to do this, start at 6. Right, let's <laughs> do it at 7.30. I, yeah. I got work in the morning. Y'all know this. Now, like, that- come on. Like, what made me so mad is I'm fighting sleep, okay? And I'm thinking <laughs> I'm about to do it. Like, they're wrapping up the red carpet. Okay. I got to like I wake up, I wake up, it's like about one in the morning, lights on, shoes on in my bed, and Steph Curry is holding up the MVP trophy. I missed the entire second half. I missed Steph Curry go Super Saiyan. And it's the NBA's fault. I blame the NBA, not me, because I had to go to bed. It is, honestly, it makes you. it really makes you think, you know, the only people who are awake to see that? Golden State fans. Golden State. Makes you don't think. Start. Makes you think. <laughs> don't, don't start. All right, last one. Uh, we're going to go into this one. We're going to kind of wrap a bow on these all awards. The all incumbents, a straight facts moment of the year. Good, bad, ugly. What was your favorite moment of the year? Um, this one is, this I am, no lie, is incredibly biased. And that would be the twofold realization of my dream. Number one, <laughs> Ben Simmons. Yeah. He's out of here. He's, He's gone. Out of here. He's in a situation that will ultimately probably be miserable. In like a couple months, I would put money yeah. on it. Then <laughs> on top of it, if that wasn't enough, they brought in, in my opinion, I'll j- I won't disrespect anyone. I'll say top five shooting guard all time. We don't have to get into semantics in James Harden. Mm-hmm. That now pairs Joel Embiid with the one thing Sixers fans have been asking for for four or five years in a shot creating three level pure scoring guard. We yeah. have it like. Now, all that has to be done is for one of the two to hold up in the playoffs and we'll be all right. Uh, we also saw during the NBA trade deadline some shaking up of young cores. I liked the Sacramento. I liked um, the Indiana, the moves that they both made. Well, maybe not Sacramento, but the fact that they shook it up is encouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Porzingis deal I thought was good, too. So it's so a pretty, yeah. pretty good deadline for NBA uh standards i'd say yeah the mccollum to new orleans you know karis karis lavert to cleveland all encompassing but you hit it on the head with the moment of the year because there's two different reasons why it's big obviously for sixers and nets fans there's there's actual vetted interest because nets didn't want james harden anymore either he was starting to get looked at in a ben simmons connotation where he's just becoming a bother to us you know addition by subtraction getting him off the team but for the nba it created the greatest storyline in the nba this year because you guys traded him to not only like conference rivals, division rivals, like right. like direct competition, a team that everyone kind of can see a collision course happening in the postseason. So thank you to the Sixers and the Nets for providing a natural storyline so we didn't have to grasp at 
look at how good LeBron is at 36 anymore. Right, this like, is a legitimate one. This is a legitimate storyline that, that will go on for the entire NBA season. Yours was good and had everything to do with basketball. Mine was just, bro, did you see what happened? My, <laughs> my straight facts moment of the year was the Pistons and Lakers fight. Was Isaiah Stewart turning into what would have been the best fullback in NFL history, brushing through a bunch of people to try to go and get LeBron James after, after you know, the, the little skirmish they had at the foul line, LeBron raising the elbow and catching Isaiah Stewart, making him leak. I mean, it, it had everything, right? Malice at the Palace Part 2, Isaiah Stewart auditioning for, for the NFL Combine. You had Russell Westbrook in the back throwing the Dukes up, ready, ready to go. I mean, it was, it was box office. And for the Pistons? That's, that's the most viewership they've gotten anything. The most clicks, the most views. It happened against the Lakers, couldn't happen against the better team. Like, I mean, <laughs> I mean it, it, it dominated ESPN for a week. It was great. And at the end of it, Isaiah Stewart only caught two games of a, of a, only caught two games of a suspension. LeBron only caught one. So it's like, it was wrapped up, done and over with, but for a split second, that was the most exciting thing to happen in the NBA. And a dull point at the NBA season too. There's not, nothing much going on at that point. They're, they're really, I've never seen in the NBA, at least like, since Malice in the Palace, like yeah. the let me at him, like, like, like why I oughta. He really was why I oughta ing LeBron James. Like that is the most incredible thing of all time to me. And, and there are a couple of times in life where I'm like, I wish they would have let him do it. Like I wish, I wish, I wish they would have let him do it. What because was, I wish, I wish they would have let him at LeBron. Because there's, there's some lessons that you got to learn the hard way. You got to learn that you're not that tough of a guy the hard way sometimes. And that's running into... <laughs> A brick wall that is six nine two fifty five of of sure muscle. Yeah, they get put to the floor. But I mean, the fact that this kind of stuff happens in Detroit, like think of the city. Think of like like it's, it just breeds for that, right? It like really the fact is. That this happened in Detroit again is wild to me. Like it can't happen anywhere but Detroit. <laughs> it and can't. Like if you were to bring two teams into Detroit, there's probably a yeah, higher likelihood of a fight. Well, I think every other city's like at some point it's like, hey, this is enough. We're not supposed to. Detroit's like, you want the problem? Right. Then we go for the problem in front of them. Like they're all just blind. It's a UFC. The same crowd, like a UFC fight as as a Detroit basketball game. Yeah, Kate Cunningham sitting over there saying, "God, what did I get myself into?" <laughs> yeah. uh, oh my goodness! But that will wrap up our straight facts NBA awards for the first half of the season. Again, going down the list, uh, we got the Ain't Worth the Trouble Award slash ISS Award, Enos Freedom and Kemba Walker. The Don't Forget About Me Award, Kawhi Leonard and Jamal Murray, Fool's Gold Award, Nikola Jokic um, at NBA All-Star Weekend, and then the moment of the year, the trade deadline, and then the LeBron and Isaiah Stewart fight. So we will post all of these on social media. We'll get Kyle's and Matt's takes too. And we want to know from you guys. We'll put all of our nominations in the pin or in the pot, and then you guys will tell us, uh, our fans, which one wins out of all of these awards. We'll obviously post to social media and everything like that. But, Jake, man, it was a good one. We got the awards in, and, you know, we're getting ready and geared up for the second half of the NBA season. Man. Yeah, man, I can't wait. Second, it's technically 30% of the season left. Isn't that crazy? Right, right. Technically only we're 30%. Still not, we're still not at a... At a at a normal NBA year yet, right? Next year, we'll get back to a, a complete normal schedule. We're still kind of like so. pushed back. Yep. Yeah. And this year, but we're going to have a little fun with this one, bringing back uh, a segment that everybody loves speaking facts, right? So over the past, what, two or three weeks, we've seen a lot of quotes fly, right? And, and we got to just kind of address some of the things that have been said in the sports world. So I'm here with my guy, Jake Galley, as always to break it down and see what's good. So, Jake, we'll get right into this thing, give the people what they want. Yep. 
because the the first one, yeah, the, the first one addresses something that people have been talking about a lot. Um, JJ Reddick went on first take, and by the way, I gotta say JJ Reddick is probably the realest guy on sports media right now. But he goes on first take regarding the Zion Williamson situation on not contacting CJ McCollum when CJ got traded to the New Orleans Pelicans. JJ says, and I quote, this just shows a complete lack of investment in your team and your organization and your city. This is a pattern of behavior we are seeing from Zion. I was his teammate and can describe him as a detached teammate. Now, Jake, of course, we have no, you know, firsthand accounts with Zion. We never talked to him, never been his teammate, whatever. But just from the outside looking in from the media perspective, is JJ Reddick speaking facts? Is Zion just too detached? Uh... I think he is too detached, and I don't think it's like, for instance, and and we talked about both of the people I'm about to mention in our uh, Straight Facts NBA Awards. You should go watch that video if you have not already. But yeah, do that, uh, do that. Both of like he and Kawhi Leonard, you could probably both describe as detached teammates. Kawhi is that way because he is that way. That is Kawhi. Yeah, yeah. I think Zion is doing this with a purpose. I think mm-hmm. Zion knows he's not going to be here long term. Mm-hmm. I don't think Zion, well, like maybe, maybe you could say, yeah, he should have sent a text and maybe that could just be him being young and naive, not knowing, hey, maybe I should send this guy who just got traded a text. But like to me, if, if I'm sitting in Zion's position, I haven't played for this team in about a year. Uh, I have a year left on my deal and they don't really have any sort of title hopes or aspirations. I mean, they, they obviously make this trade to try and get closer to that, but. I would say he is probably a detached teammate because he knows something we don't, that mm-hmm. Zion is going to be at X destination in X year. And so. that's why I, I say J.J. Redick <clears throat> is not speaking facts. And that, I guess he's speaking facts from the standpoint of Zion can be a detached teammate. But this shows a, a lack of you know invested interest or a lack of investment in your team, organization, city. Yeah, this doesn't show it. Hmm. This isn't what showed me a lack of investment. Right. He's been showing up. Yeah, he's been showing up for the past year. Like, like if if I'm Zion, if I'm the Pelicans, like I have to, I have to read the writing on the wall a little bit, right? Like, I can't be upset at someone who hasn't texted CJ McCollum. This is not LeBron. This is not Anthony Davis. CJ McCollum is a twenty, you know, per game scorer. He's a good player in this league. But you said it. No title aspirations. And I've been publicly frustrated with the lack of direction of this team so if i'm not interested like like i'm a i'm the kind of guy who doesn't fake the game like i'd rather you not send me or cj mccullum a text if you truly don't want to be here don't don't fake the game don't be phony don't be fake don't, hey great to have you on our team what do you mean our team you're not coming back don't say <laughs> don't say glad to have you here if i never see you at a game like, i agree that's, that's, you know what i mean like that's, that's so to me it's like hey don't don't force Zion to do something that he does not want to do because now you're just asking him to appease the public and then you go get mad at him when he still wants to request a trade in the offseason. Let, let him do him, man. Also, I, this is coming from J.J. Redick that, oh, the how could you not text a teammate? That's just simple. That's simple uh, being a good teammate. Kid, like, yeah, yeah. Remember, J.J. Redick was a teammate once. I have a feeling this is somewhat coming from J.J. Reddick's experience, not necessarily C.J. McCollum saying like, oh man, that really upset me that Zion didn't contact me. Yeah. C.J. McCollum, I didn't see the context of the quote, but like C.J. McCollum might not care. J.J. Yeah. Reddick is is clearly a, a little uh, in his bag in this one. Emotional I bag. agree. And if you watch the clip of when Kenny Smith asked C.J. McCollum this question at All-Star Weekend, 
It didn't seem like he didn't care, but he's it seemed like it was like like yeah, he hasn't he hasn't contacted me yet. Not that I that I don't care. I kind of wish that he did, but it's like, yeah, no, he he didn't. I didn't expect anything less. Also, TJ McCollum's never been traded. So I know people have been traded to his team, but he's the biggest trade, you know, destination acquisition he's seen. Like his trade was Yusuf Nurkic. Right. Like, CJ McCollum's bigger than that. So he may not even know that, like, oh, Zion was supposed to text me when I got there. Right. Like, I, I didn't even know that. Like, okay, well, now that now that you say that came to the Jet Smith, he hasn't contacted me. I hope that he can so I can sit down with him. But you know, this this is to me is like, hey man, y'all see what Zion is at this point. Don't don't force me to do anything else because he's a young 20-year-old who's not gonna be there next year. Focus on something else. Yep. Um the next quote we'll get into was this the the you talk about drama. That the storyline that is Aaron Rodgers' future in this offseason, it all has to do on the Pat McAfee show. So shout out Pat McAfee because he is the all, like the, the, the per sources of Aaron Rodgers. So AJ Hawk is on Pat McAfee's show regarding Aaron Rodgers' future ex teammate of his and says, I stand by what I've said the whole time. Aaron Rodgers is going back to Green Bay. Now, Jake, do you want to tell him or should I? <laughs> you, you go ahead. You go ahead. You want me to tell him? Yeah. AJ, AJ. Wake up, smell the roses, buddy. <laughs> he gone. That, you don't get that, you don't get out much, huh, AJ? That boy gone. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Like what? I don't. I don't know who has a thanking of teammates before it's over. Like, has Aaron Rodgers ever thanked the Green Bay organization before for anything a day in his life? <laughs> He was no. winning Super Bowls, like, he was yep. winning, and I still hate I these this. people. Yeah. And I still hate these people. So, like, why would he all of a sudden now, coincidentally, just thank all the teammates and coaches that has been a part of his organization and his journey up until now? You're just going, he, he's, just, he's just a nice guy like that, huh? Well, no, that's, that's an exit. What he said is that he was doing some... I don't even know this is this is bad bad podcasting here. I don't know the name of it. It's some form of body cleansing that he said he was doing. Detoxing? It was like an intense detox. Oh, okay. And he said it's like a week long thing and he's like when I came out of it all I felt was gratitude. Now, that doesn't mean he's not retiring or leaving or whatever he's going to do. That doesn't mean that he's going to be in Green Bay next year. That was his excuse for it. Um I do find it interesting that Green Bay is coincidentally clearing a lot of cap space to make a run at bringing back both him and Devontae. And 11, 11 million. That's not a lot. I think they're up to 14 now. I mean, now you're getting ooh, close ooh, to Devontae. Oh, ooh, 14. Well, you don't, you don't remember. Aaron Rodgers is still under contract for the next two years. So really, you only have to make room for Devontae. But, if but he has that's what Aaron if that's what Aaron wants. Rogers wants. Yeah. He has the clause. The restructuring last year was if I want to leave, I can, which is by the way, the most unique contract I've ever like. It's wow. literally if I say I want to leave, I, I you know, I can leave, or I have the ability. Yeah, I have the yeah, ability. He's an but to have part. that in paper that as soon as I speak, this contract is null and void is is pretty crazy. But Jake, have you ever heard of the term graduation goggles? No. Graduation <laughs> goggles is what a lot of High school or college seniors get when it's graduation time. You hear every high school, I can't wait to leave. I can't wait to go to college. I can't. So many kids in our high school said it. And then the last month comes and, and you're, you're actually like, oh, no. about to graduate. And all of a sudden, the food isn't that bad. The, you like the teachers. Gym class is fun. That math teacher that you hated 
all of a sudden you're cracking jokes with them. People you've never hung out with before you're seeing at parties and you start to think, wow, I'm really kind of going to miss this place. I've spent the last X number of years here with these same people. And now that I'm actually about to leave, now I got a little bit of a gratitude for this place. That's all that was. He's still leaving. He's still going to college. He's still throwing the cap in the air. But I had just a little bit of a self-reflective moment and realized I've won, what, four MVPs and a title. It could have been worse. I have some gratitude. I don't want to hate you guys when I leave, but I am leaving. And I am going. I think we'll talk about this in, in future episodes, so we don't have to spend too much time on it. But if you had to guess what jersey Aaron Rodgers is wearing when the snaps start coming in uh, yeah. next year. What jersey is that? Where do you think he's um, going to end? Uh, um, um, the pewter and black. Oh, no. Um, um, that, that's, I that's shouldn't have I asked. Think. That's what I think. It makes a whole lot of sense. Tell me, <laughs> tell me, it, doesn't make a whole, tell me it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, I mean, trust me, trust me. We will get into it in future episodes, man, because I'm starting to talk myself into this now. I'm starting, to, especially if we don't got a trade for him. I'm sorry to talk myself into it now. <laughs> There's a lot of good options out there for him. Definitely, I, I can't write it off. Can't write it can't off. Write it. I mean, we pulled what we pulled one aging superstar yeah. last year out of out of thin air. Could do it again. Exactly. All right, we're gonna we'll move on. Booger McFarlane's letting things fly <laughs> again. Um, as he always does. He says he's terribly concerned for Trey Lance. Quote, from an injury standpoint, he didn't prove he can stay healthy. From a quarterbacking standpoint, I didn't see enough. Jake, Booger speaking facts. No. How can you like? Absolutely not. Thank you. Absolutely not. How on earth can you draw like that? He is on one of, I would say if I had to pick one, like I'm like a quarterback coach and my quarterback is going into the NFL. Hey, what type of offense do you want him to play in? How about, or what type of team you want him to play on? How about a team that has great run game, great coaching, great defense? What are we talking about? Like, no, he's going to be completely fine. He's in his first year. He wasn't the full-time starter. Like, in the NFL, like people forget back in the day when you had, you know, Montana or Rodgers or, or like all, all these quarterbacks that came in and sat for years, they, they finally start playing three years in after they've learned the game, after they've lived the game. Like, I'm really tired and I hear it and I think it's maybe a soft point for me because I hear it a lot with Jalen Hurts, like a, after his first full year of starting, like, yep, yeah, he's off, never right. going to be any good. Like, how can you make that assessment? When these guys are still getting better and changing day to day, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but Booker's better than this, to be honest. He's he's way better than this. First of all, who's worried about health when he wasn't the starter? Right. Like if he, if he's not the starter, let let him work out the Knicks. Let him work out the little thumb injuries and ankle injuries. Let him let him do that. He's not the starter. You're not dependent on his health. And then he's talking about he didn't see enough from him to be a good quarterback. And I get it. We're on like a a three game sample size of him starting. So it, it's, it's not a big sample size, but I'll give Booger one game where he wasn't good. Okay, that's against the Cardinals. Had 192 yards, no touchdowns, interceptions, a 58 quarterback rating. The other two starts, are granted, were against the Texans, 249 yards, two TDs, and interceptions, a 116 quarterback rating. Against the Seahawks, 157 yards, two TDs, no interceptions, a 117 quarterback rating. I'm sorry. You didn't see enough for him to be a good quarterback. You, you, didn't, you didn't see enough. What? What else he got to show you? By the way, one of those games was with half a Debo Samuel. He went out in one of those games against the Seahawks. So, and they won. What, <laughs> I, right. I, dude, what are you, a booger? What do you want to see, dog? I don't understand. That's, and like my thing, while I say you can't determine if a quarterback is going to be bad off of their first year, I think you can determine 
how good a quarterback will end up or could be if he's going toe to toe and, and and being competitive against playoff level teams. Like, yeah, the Cardinals game was rough. The Cardinals are a playoff team. Like, he's not supposed to go and light it up in there. If he mm. does, he's going to be one of the best all time in his first couple yeah. starts. Like, <laughs> exactly. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Booker, I think, fell into a lot of trap that casuals fall into where, like, if he didn't play outstanding, then, you know, he's he's not great. He's not great yet. What's like, is there no room for improvement anymore? Is there no is there no room to get better? You showed me that you can do it as a rookie. That's all I need to see. We can work on getting better. Can you do it? Trey Lance absolutely showed that he can do it. Better than the number two overall pick, I'll tell you that. Right. Right. Better than number two. Um, all right, last one. Marcus Spears, Swagoo came on and started talking about the NBA. It's interesting when, when Swagoo gets, you know, gets the bravado to start talking about the league, but I like it because he's talking about Devin Booker and my sons. This is about how Devin Booker is viewed across the league. A lot of what Devin Booker does either goes unnoticed or doesn't get respected, deserves for whatever reason, and, I, and in which I have not been able to figure out. Jake, is he speaking facts? Does D-Book go unnoticed or unappreciated around the league? Uh, just point of clarification. This is Mark J Spears who writes for, uh, he's the NBA senior writer for undefeated, but, um, I don't think I actually, I respect Mark. I interviewed him back when we did the, um, McDonough's NBA pod. Honestly, that you want to talk about bad podcasting. I don't want to, I don't want to (laughs) cite the wrong source. It puts a whole different context into this quote, to be honest, that it came from Mark Spears. I actually probably should have read it differently. But yeah, it's a different connotation, much different. Uh, it, it, right, and it holds a little bit more weight. And it's a little surprising to me that he would say this because, you know, maybe the accolades haven't came and, and last year you could make the case that Devin Booker should have been receiving flowers for what he did. But in the in the scheme of Phoenix's like team, you have Aiton, who's a former number one overall pick, and Chris Paul, who is like the, you know, point guard, one of the best point guards of all time. So I think naturally Devin Booker doesn't get maybe as much shine as if he was in like a Jokic situation, a Luka situation. He'd be getting more shine. But but I say all this to say, but that all that's going to come like he's the the first teams are coming like the the all NBA first teams are coming. The NBA championships, the praise is coming. It's just a little too soon. Like, I, I don't know, like where he wants us to rank. I rank him among like the. Jason Tatum's of the league, the, yeah, the, the top under 25. Yeah, you're, he's yeah, he's yeah. you're not he's superstar, but you are as close to a yeah. superstar as you can get without being one, in my opinion. And, and that's where I'm going to have to side with Mark Spears a little bit, because when you talk about Jason Tatum, when you talk about Cat, you talk about him at a superstar level. And I feel like Devin Booker is, is right there. Like Trey Young, Luka, Jason Tatum, they're all in that conversation, or he's all in that conversation, but they're in the tier above him. And Mark Spears is trying to wonder why. And, and I think I know why. It's because Devin Booker without DeAndre and Chris Paul, Mikel Bridges and company was dropping 70 points. So he, in his second year in the league, he put up 70 against the Celtics. Did he do that every now and then? And the Suns were still one of the three to five worst teams in the league. And since they've gotten better, Devin Booker has kept up that production, but it's been other people and other reasons why they're the number one seed going to the finals. You named them. Chris Paul coming in as one of the best floor journals, you know, point guards of all time. Ever. DeAndre Ayton absolutely blossoming into what we thought he was going to be as the number one overall pick. Mikel Bridges is now, you know, top three in defensive player of the year voting. Shout out to Nova. But he's getting that recognition now. And I think 
that's why Devin Booker doesn't get those singular accolades or singular recognition is because we know he can score the ball with amongst the best of them. And we watch him do that. And when he does, we give him credit for that. But why the Suns as a team are getting better to me is not because Devin Booker. Now, he's kept up his level of play to allow them to do that. But the other additions of the puzzle piece of what we need from a team aspect, not just scoring, but I need someone who's going to assist the ball, someone who's going to rebound the ball, someone who's going to defend the ball. That's everything Devin Booker doesn't do. They brought guys in there to do that, and now the Suns are better. That's why I think Devin Booker is not getting those accolades because he's not the reason the Suns have ascended. He's, he's probably the best scorer, second best player on the team, but his scoring is not the reason the Suns have ascended. Like, and a lot of, like when we talk about the tiers, and you have tier number one, which has, you know, LeBron and Bede, Jokic, KD, Giannis. Those are your, you know, highest Curry if you want to add in Curry as well. But what all those guys, or at least like 80% of those guys can do is not only can they put it in at a high level, rebound, distribute at a high level, they can stop the other team's best player from doing that. Not all of them, but a lot of the players who do receive that high level praise can do that. And um, I think that's probably the one area in Booker's game that's a little uh, lagging right now compared to the other areas, which there's only so much you can do at, at a certain point. You know, some people are more athletic than others. It's what makes mm-hmm. um so variable. So I think it, they're coming, though. They are coming. Yeah, the awards and accolades are coming. They're coming. They're coming. But it's like when you talk about all those other players, even at the top under 25, they are all the the reason that their team is, you know, at the top. Luca is the reason. Right. No, Jason Tatum is the reason. Trey Young, et cetera, is the reason. Chris Paul is the reason that the Suns are at the top. And over the six to eight week stretch, we'll see how how valuable Devin Booker is. We will see because Devin Booker was stinking in the beginning of the season. The Suns were still number one in the conference, not because of Devin Booker. So Mm -hmm. we'll see with this Chris Paul injury, if Devin Booker can, can command that respect by saying, hey man, this guy went out for all of the home stretch and we're still number one and number two in the conference. That's because of me. Give me my accolades. Give me my third team all NBA. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. But those were all the, those were all the quotes that we saw over the last what two to three weeks in the NBA. Man, it was a good one. NBA, I guess, all around the sports league. So had had to see about them. You know, had to see if people were speaking facts. But yo, this this we're getting ready for. Like I said, the home stretch of the NBA season. We both and our teams have something very much to look forward to. You got an addition. I got a subtraction. So we'll see how our teams fare. But. As always, y'all, keep it locked to the Straight Facts YouTube channel. We got a lot of content flowing. As always, like and subscribe to see more. But for my guys, Kyle Sarek and Stat Matt Robinson out there in the world, I'm James Jackson. It's my guy, Jake Galley. These have been the facts. Straight up.